0: For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello, welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Donahue, and this is yet another club-specific episode. Uh, looking forward to, to delving into this one with a with podcast debutant, uh, but a long-time supporter of the pod, as well as Scouted Football contributor, John McKenzie. Uh, many of you will be familiar with John's work from Analytics FC, uh, All Stats, aren't we? Uh, and various other footballing and, and, and chess playing endeavours. Um, John is a is, is a is a regular on the on the scouted timeline uh, with with his hot takes on on all things uh, football and youth football and and from from a separate world, Leeds United. But um, yeah, John, very pleased to to have you with us. How, how are
1: we doing? Yeah, doing really well. As you said, I've I've enjoyed this podcast for a long time, and it's uh, it's great to be to be on it. So looking forward to chatting to you today.
0: Too kind. You're you're rubbing me up the right way there to to, <laughs> to begin with, uh, but. Today's episode is today's topic of discussion is SC Freiburg in in uh, in Germany. Uh, Managed not to mention them in uh, in my opening gambit. Um, It's all about the suspense on this podcast, as I'm sure you'll know. (laughs) Um, But why why Freiburg? Then you know, well, as it stands, they're they're third in the Bundesliga, um, nosebleed territory for them, really, uh, and they've conceded the fewest goals uh, across the division with nine in eleven games, which I I found quite curious. Um, And uh, until just before the November international break, and conveniently. Just before we planned this episode, uh, they were unbeaten in the league uh, until Bayern ruined that streak. Like the ruthlessly efficient and overpowered buzzkill that they are, um, John, you've taken a keen interest in in Freiburg not only this season but in in years past. Um, you know what is it about the club that that makes them such an appealing watch, but also a side that that you loosely follow or, or identify with.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question. In many respects, though, I never really intended to follow Freiburg, and it was it was only because um, I ended up going to watch a a game of theirs in the. The uh, Draisam Stadium, which was formerly known as the Schwarzwald Stadium, the Black Forest Stadium, the, the the iconic stadium in the in the foothills of, of of the the Black Forest, that they actually started watching them. So for for me, I, I'm I'm very much a, a football watcher who enjoys smart football and and well-run football clubs uh, but for when it came to Freiburg it was very much um I guess a romantic sense of, of watching football I had a had a great time in the city for a few days and, and also really enjoyed the, the whole match going experience as well so um I've been lucky enough in that they are actually quite a smart run club as well so it, it all worked out all worked out well for me really um but yeah, it's 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 been nice following them. I, 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 in many respects, I am a bit of a glory supporter because uh, I started following in in uh, around 2018, um, and and they they'd come up from relegation in in 2015, I think. So uh, and 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 they ended up in the Europa League shortly after that. And and it's the, as you've said, they've never really looked back, and they are currently in nosebleed territory. So it's been it's been a real uh, pleasure following them in recent years you know you're going to be uh you're going to be
0: involved in a podcast which is steeped in culture when the word foothills is basically used in, in the <laughs> introduction that's just you know you, you know what you're in for there don't you um yeah freiburg i mean it's as you mentioned the, the iconic schwarzwald stadium um you know the it's i mean it, it is a club which as you say, you know you can you can attach a romantic element to it. I think you know the the discourse around footballers uh, and um, you know or, or how they all perform like robots. Uh, maybe sometimes you could you could attribute that to to certain clubs as well. But I don't think you could say Freiburg are, are one of those um you know just going through sort of a brief history of the club you know i was looking at sort of the, the managerial history and in the in the, the era of chopping and changing managers at the the first sign of trouble you know four or five game run uh, without a win and you know people are starting to get itchy trigger fingers in the boardroom it's quite interesting of the approach that that freiburg have taken um over i mean over the past 20 25 years uh, when it comes to to, to, to managers um, and currently in the dugout at the moment as i'm sure you'll you'll enlighten us about uh, is 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 christian strike who is um is quite the character
1: yeah really interesting guy um he he turned up in in 2011 as the as the head coach but he'd been he's been around for 30 years he's been working with the youth team he was a player in in freiburg he grew up in freiburg he famously turns up to the training ground on his bike um is very much a, a sort of company man in that in that sense um also sort of to to add to what we were saying before you know th- yes this is a smart club but this is also a club which which you know en- enables you to have romantic ideals about about football and christian Streich is, is someone who has um very Outspoken views on on a lot of what's going on in world football, and he will talk quite freely about his opinions on corruption in in FIFA. He'll talk about he's talked recently about the Newcastle takeover. He's not one to mince his words, um, and yeah, it's it's just everything. I think flows from from that the the, the idea that you can have a long term coach who who turns up and um, allows you to have that long-term vision where you, uh, you you are able to implement the ideas that you want to freely without having to worry about maybe losing your job. Um, and I think for me, everything sort of stems from that. Um, they're able to do smart recruitment, they're able to um, absorb potential relegations um, and not worry too much about again as you said managerial turnover um there is a plan here and and it and it works it's like norwich but without uh, necessarily bombing when they get into the top division um so yeah it's it's very much down to Christian Streich and I guess uh, Volker Finker, the, the the previous manager um, who got them into the Bundesliga in 93 uh, and was around for, again, I think 16 years in the end. Um, but this sort of idea that they bring in a manager, he sticks around. Um, they have a very clear um, idea of, of how the club is going to be run and, and those managers buy into it and the players buy into it. And as a result, Freiburg are able to be greater than the sum of their parts.
0: Yeah so i mean you you mentioned Finka there he was he was he was around for 16 years as you say um and uh, christine strike uh, i mean he might not reach that 16 year mark but i tell you what he's he's had a good inning so far hasn't he i mean since 2011 as you say um you know a relegation a promotion and you know it's european football and and as you say you know he's kind of stuck to the, to the ideals which which ultimately you know make him a an iconic figure in german football but um onto this season sort of 2021 20, 22 um that unbeaten run in the first 10 games of the season that that was i mean would you say that was quite surprising or, or was that you know was was that something which you could have foreseen given the fact that as you say they're an intelligently run club
1: yeah i think it's definitely overperformance um, so I'm not going to pretend that it, it wasn't. Um, I think there's various factors playing into this probably because, um, as, as you'll know, there's been a fair amount of managerial upheaval in the Bundesliga mm. this season. And I think uh, off the back of that, Freiburg have managed to enjoy um, some, some good results. So, uh, for example, beating Dortmund um, 2-1 at home... Uh, w- I'm not going to say it was a smashing grab because it wasn't, but it's um, it was. They definitely were favoured playing um, uh, Dortmund a couple of games into the season um, when they were just still finding their feet under Marco Rosa. Um, and, and similarly, they they managed to have good results against Leipzig as well, who, as you'll know as well, have had have struggled to, to sort of find their feet under Jesse Marsh as well. So uh, I think partly that they've partly just kept kept scores low, scored low-value chances in some games. Um, so this is definitely not a representative um, run for them, uh, and it will regress to a mean at some point. But equally, they they are a team who approach things with a, a very sort of solid defensive base. Uh, they have some very exciting attacking players. They structure their team around their exciting attacking players. And so they, they are a team who set up to be... Uh, absorb pressure and, and, and attack quickly uh, and, and intelligently. And um, I, I guess the the game that they did lose against Bayern Munich was interesting because not only did they not get absolutely rolled over by Bayern Munich, as many Bundesliga clubs have done this season, uh, but they took the game to Bayern in the first 20, 25 minutes, um, pressed high, caused Bayern problems uh, and and... Obviously, did eventually succumb. And uh, again, if you look at the underlying numbers, maybe we're a little bit lucky not to concede more. But um, they they clearly are doing something which is uh, above and beyond what a lot of other mid table Bundesliga sides are, are doing. So I think it's for me it's a it's a bit of a, a balance of both a little bit of luck, but also yeah, they are smart. They are a smart club. They they bring in players uh, on the cheap. They make those players better. They sell them on for for money. Um, and they they make profit, uh, which I think in in any any top league in the in Europe is is impressive to do, um, so it's it's nice to enjoy the the top three status and and hopefully it will continue for a while longer. Um, but yeah, this is very much I think to do with external factors as well as the the, the internal factors of being a smartly run club.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't lay claim to having seen every Freiburg game this season. I've only watched clips sort of in preparation for this, but they do seem very methodical. They do seem, you know, workmanlike, but but also, you know, they, they, they do have those players who can, who can change things. And while I will say that, they don't really have any, what would you, you wouldn't really say household names, but I suppose mm-hmm. that is kind of the beauty of it where that makes them greater than the sum of their parts because they're all pulling in the same direction because there's no there's no ego there's there's you know there's a there's there's an acceptance that this is a collective unit that that you know we're only going to to thrive if we're all if we're all pulling in the same direction as i say um and we'll get on to sort of um the sort of the history and and the pathway of developing youth players given that this is the scouted podcast um but the the individuals um, there's there's one there's one in particular who mm. who obviously stands out from a scouted perspective, um, and that is Nico Schlotterbeck, who uh, you kindly penned for us in uh, the latest volume of the Scouted Football Handbook, Volume Twelve. Um, on my on my sheet here, the first question I've got for you, John, is why is Nico so great?
1: Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. Um, I think obviously when you're watching Freiburg, I think. Schlotterbeck is someone who who stands out. I should say Nico Schlotterbeck because his brother is there as well and does occasionally play. Um, but what I think, yeah, stands out as as particularly a ball playing centre centre back. Um, we live in an age where the ability to have a good ball playing centre back is is um, an asset for any football club, and he is a particularly impressive uh, at it. He he is someone who gets the ball forward by carrying it a lot. Um, and you'll often see him marauding forward into towards the edge, edge of the box. Um, Freiburg's whole left side really is built up around their attacking. Um, so they've got their, their more attacking players on that side, players like Christian Gunther, the, the, the left back or left wing back, who uh, recently debuted for, for Germany. Um, they've also got Vincenzo Grifo as well over on that side. Um, and I guess Nicolas Herfler, the, the centre midfielder, although maybe less of an attacking figure, but again, uh, a player who is, is good at inter, interplay, a, able to help transition ball forward as well. So um, the whole left side is built up around uh, around moving the ball into more dangerous areas and nico schlotterbeck is a left-footed center back and is involved in that in that ball carrying um and movement down the field and yeah he's just he's just brilliant at it um he's able to take the ball around players he's able to play the ball um passing as well. He, he likes to play big, booming crossfield balls, which I think, again, always stands out. But despite the fact that he is a ball-playing centre-back, actually also very, very strong defensively as well. Has really impressive 1v1 metrics defensively as well, which I think stands out. And I think for me this season, what's really impressed um, has been the fact that he's come up against world-class players in players like Erling Erling Haaland uh, and Robert Lewandowski and has... Looked comfortable against them, and I think that's that's the the most exciting thing for me about him. I think that's the the thing that's made me realise that you know this is the sort of guy who you can slot into a, into a, a team and and he'll he'll do well. I think as well as part of my day job, you mentioned before I work for Analytics FC, and we have a scouting platform, and I spend a lot of time on that platform just having having a play around, making sure that the sorts of players who should be standing out are standing out in the numbers. Um, and he's someone who for the last couple of seasons has stood out defensively in in the Bundesliga. Um, last season he was on loan at Union Berlin and uh, put up really good numbers there as well and he's doing the same this season so this is a player who has played at a couple of clubs um, in, in the Bundesliga whose numbers have stood out in both cases and uh, yeah on the, on the basis of the eye test this season is just playing fantastically as well so uh, that's that's why Nico Schlotterbeck is, is great for me. Nice, nice,
0: and concise. There, you kind of rounded the question off at the end. I, I did think, I did think, when you said we live in a world where, with ball playing centre backs, you're going to start going into sort of a monologue, the street style like Scott Parker at the end of the 2019-20 season. I was prepared for that. No, I, I, I understand where, where you're coming from with with Schlotterbeck or with Nico Schlotterbeck, I should say, because as you mentioned, um, his brother Kevin. Um, Spelt K E V E N, which doesn't sit right with me, um, is is also at Freiburg, but as you say, doesn't play as as frequently as as Nico. Um, but you know, just looking sort of at his, I mean, I, I agree completely with what you are saying. He's a, he's a he's you know he's a very good ball carrier, uh, but also he just seems very well rounded. He's good. It seems like he's good at everything. It's kind of that yeah. centre half where you look at them and you think, man, you could really play for a for a top level club. It's you know, it's it's that it's, the, it's beginning to to sort of look like that with the consistency that he's that he's doing these performances. Um but sort of delving into the data as you just mentioned there, you know, we're looking at 0.1 XG and 0.04 XA per 90 for a cent, center back. And that's as I mean for, for anybody who who isn't versed in those metrics, that's quite high for a player in his position. Um, you know, he he also has 1.29 shots per 90. Um, which again is quite high for for a central defender. Um, so it's you know I'm talking about that consistency and clearly he's doing something from an attacking perspective. You know, mm. is is there something in Freiburg's style of play which I will not have picked up on just purely from watching highlights, um, which inflates those numbers of, of Schlotterbeck's that that makes him perhaps start stand out in the in the numbers a little bit more?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think obviously the, those those attacking numbers are sort of tempered by the fact that he is uh, um, a, a sort of pivot for them in set-piece play and mm. Freiburg are, are big on their set-piece plays. They are a, a, a club who, as, as any smart, I think mid-table side will be, who realise that set-pieces are a really good way of generating production for your team. So Marginal gains, essentially, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's playing for a side who are um, a high-volume set-piece club and he's a target for them often from from corners and, and and free kicks um so that will add to it but yeah he he he, he does like to get forward and I think w- one of the things about Freiburg is we talked about them being a sort of solid side and um I I think we we, we uh, to, to use the phrase again we live in an age where um <laughs> opposition sides are are trying to um are much more defensively um intelligent than, than maybe they have been in the past. Uh, and so what we're seeing is is, is an ability for, for mid blocks um or, or high pressing systems to, to to limit opposition's transition. So you're you're stopping teams getting forward in, in quite the same way. Uh, and one of the ways that I think we're seeing modern coaches counteract that is by rather than having to use necessarily wide players Fullbacks, wingers, or, or central midfielders to to transition the ball. We are seeing uh, a use of centre backs to to um, to break down opposition um, defensive systems. And I mean, you watch a lot of Leeds yourself. You you will have seen the impact that a ball carrying centre back can have on on Leeds's man to man system. Um, and, and Nico Schlotterbeck is a player who is used by Christian Streich in that sort of way he is someone who is able to break the first line of pressure is able to destabilize an opposition's uh, pressing system or defensive structure. uh, And, and I think that's why he's used in that way and why he, he does put up such, such good numbers, because um, he is able to find space that's left by Christian Gunther pushing forward. Um, So, so it's almost as though Schlotterbeck is being used as a, as a sort of makeshift Fullback at times um so so Gunther will get really far forward leave space behind him to, to be attacked and, and Schlotterbeck will run into that space often in the half space actually as well not just in in wide areas he's often um looking to get into into the space between um Nicholas herfler and and gunter and get and get the ball forward and then um they're able to to sort of build those triangles and I noticed I was looking on fb ref before but Christian Gunther the the left back is um, one, one of the highest shot creating action producers in the Bundesliga, uh, he has 51 uh, shot creating actions this season. Which, to put it into perspective, Thomas Müller, who is top of that list, is on 51. So, um, so, so yeah, Christian Gunther with 43 shot creating actions um, is is only just behind him. So, a lot of their production is coming through through Gunter and, and Schlotterbeck carrying that ball forward, is able to then find Gunter, uh, who can interchange with with players like. Um, I mentioned Vincenzo Grifo, but also Wu Yong Jong as well, uh, who's also a really, really good attacking facilitator. So it's it's, it's smart stuff from Freiburg, and um, Schlotterbeck is a big part of that attacking production as well. So that's why his attacking numbers look so great.
0: Yeah, I wasn't aware of that with um, with with Christian Gunter. So I suppose that is obviously going to, to assist you when you when you're playing pretty much in tandem with with a player who's as creatively prolific as as that. Um, and i was i was i mean just just to contextualize it for for people who haven't seen freiburg this season you know they typically set up with a sort of three, cent- three central defenders you know your wing backs gunter being one of those uh and and as you mentioned there the, the getting into the half space for, for schlotterbeck is isn't too difficult because you know you've got gunter who you know can either shuffle back and, and cover mm. um and you know the the other two central defenders can can you know shuffle across to to schlotterbeck's side and and cover so to effectively make a a back four in possession whenever Schlotterbeck is in possession or um getting forward you know Schlotterbeck can get into those half spaces and, and Gunter can can maintain that width and, and stretch the pitch uh, mm-hmm. on the left hand side so yeah it's um I, I yeah it, it's 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 very valuable to have obviously a, a central defender who can break that first line of pressure with with a with a carry or, or a dribble because you know that as as you were saying there, it, it can completely disrupt um, a man to man structure, especially. But um, it can it can disrupt you know the 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 pressing sequences that other teams go through because you know the it, ultimately it asks the question you know if there's a central defender coming at a right back or coming at a at a, at a defensive midfielder, who takes him? You know who, who who engages the ball carrier then because that's that's something which ordinarily you know teams will not have have, have legislated for, but. Um, yeah, with, with Schlotterbeck, you know, I feel like as a result of that, as a result of where he's he's taking the ball, he then is receiving passes in, in areas of the pitch, you know, from Gunter, as you mentioned, um, where you wouldn't ordinarily find a centre-back. And that's, again, another indication of, of his comfort in possession. Um, so I think that's another positive of him. This, this is a bit of a, a hypothetical twist on it, but you know for i'm mean, I'm very much aware that a lot of people who, who listen to this podcast are um you know they 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 live in the UK or they follow the premier league or they support a premier league team um and i think it's always for me sometimes when it's a player i haven't come across before it's always um i don't, I don't want to say easier I, I i sort of I try and um relate a player that i've seen to to somebody else who i know a little bit more about um and if if you were to john if you were to compare nico schlotterbeck to a to a premier league central defender or or you know even anybody in english football or or you know more mainstream football um you know who who would it be who who does schlotterbeck remind you of a little bit
1: i don't know if this is a cop out answer but i'm going to say ben white um but oh, that specifically- is that is very controversial <laughs> The Leeds <laughs> yeah. supporter going for <laughs> going for Ben White. But I'm going to be even more controversial and say Ben White when he was playing for Leeds rather than Ben White when he was <laughs> playing for Brighton and Arsenal, win, which is obviously where he played in the Premier League. So I'm, I'm not sure whether or not it is a cop answer. But um, yeah, very similar stuff to the stuff that we were seeing from, from Ben White in, in the Championship in particular, that ability to carry the ball um, and not only sort of carry it in in the sense that you might expect ball carrying and, you know, sort of moving it through the first line of pressure and, and, and then moving it on, but very much attacking, um, carrying the ball, getting a, a head of, of steam on and, and just driving through opposition teams. Um, so yeah, really, really reminiscent of, of, of Ben White albeit be on the opposite side. So maybe watching Ben White with a mirror. Um, but yeah, I would say that there are differences between the two of them as well. I think Schlotterbeck is much better aerially than Ben White mm-hmm. is and he's much better 1v1 than Ben White as well. Um so yeah, I I I I I, I guess Ben White tempered with with um a, a a more classic center back which I think is why he's he's so exciting because you, you do get both of those sides of, of his game which I think often you don't get with with centre backs I think there's there's the the leniency to be Slightly worse defensively if you are so good on the ball, um, but I don't think we necessarily see that so much with, with Nico Schlotterbeck. I think I think I don't want to paint Schlotterbeck as being some kind of god amongst centre backs. Um, there are weaknesses to his game. Um, uh, he can he can be found out at times, but it, it's it's very rare. And uh, he is just he just uh, is an exciting centre back to watch. Cats or
0: dogs, you know that's that's, that's the, the the argument that I'm hearing here. Yeah. And I know how much you you hate that that term that expression, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do I do think it's important that you make the discernment of of Ben White at Leeds as opposed to Ben White at Arsenal because the brief is different. You know the I mean we, all we need to do to understand that for, on a base level is look at the pressing numbers that obviously that Leeds put out or or they did put out in the Championship and uh, the numbers that. Um, that uh, that Arsenal do currently you know it's it it is a different brief altogether but you Mm -hmm. do still retain some of those you know ball carrying qualities uh, as you say Um, I mean how how transferable are are these I mean I kind of I know I know the the answer to this question but how transferable are these (laughs) skills to to another team to another setup because obviously we've seen we I mean we've seen this season how how you know, t- he's essentially two sides of the same coin when it comes to to central defensive play. You know, how how, how can we stop Bayern from from luring them to their to their lair essentially? Because it sounds like, as I mean, you, you've you've inflated him in my mind now. You know, <laughs> he's, you've you've basically told me that he is a centre back, a god amongst men. Um, <laughs> you know, how can we stop Bayern Munich from from getting him to stand at, at and uh, holding up the shirt?
1: Yeah, buying Munich, right? Um,
0: oh no, that's it. One one <laughs> appearance only on this podcast. That's it.
1: Yeah, look, look there's a lot of things that go in, in Schlotterbeck's favour. He's he's left-footed, um, which I think is is big. Um, obviously, there are great, great. Center backs around ball carrying center backs who are right footed, but um, once you're once you're left footed, you're you're a commodity that is pretty rare in in terms of uh, top level football. So he will stand out against some of his peers just by dint of the fact that he is left footed. Um, I think the other thing as well is that, that if you look through the history of, of of Freiburg's player development, they sell players on cheaply. Um, so he he's going to be available for much less than he will be worth when he goes somewhere else. Uh, and I think there, there's going to be, I, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't move on this summer. Um, and yeah, I guess I would be surprised if, if it isn't Bayern Munich who, who end up pitching in for him. Um, I think his, yeah, I think his his skills set is is transferable. As I've already mentioned, like the, the thing for me is not just that he's doing great things in in the Bundesliga, which I know a lot of people can be fairly disparaging of the Bundesliga uh, for for various reasons. But there are elite players within the in the Bundesliga who, as I've mentioned, Schlotterbeck has come up against, and he's performed really well against them. Um, his his athleticism, I think, stands him in good stead in that regard. Um, he's a player who does like to get close to. Um, his, his marking responsibility, um, because I think he realizes that he can, um, uh, he can sort of tweak for any mistakes that he might make by his athleticism as well. Um, he, he does have a tendency to give away fouls, but I think, again, we live, we live in the, the age of the tactical foul. So I don't think that will be looked on too unkindly, um, but he's just a, yeah a player who can who can step up to his man get really close. He's good aerially. Um, he's he, as I've said he's able to backtrack, he's able to backwards defend as I like to call it, um, because of his athleticism as well. Really positionally smart. So uh, particularly against Holland, I I noted that he he just seemed seems to have a knack of of reading where the play is going to go and being able to get to to the ball ahead of Holland to his probably the most athletic player in, in world football so I, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's just a matter of time before he ends up somewhere um, playing Champions League football to be honest with you um, and maybe as a, as a Fryboy fan it's that's a bad thing to, to say but I, I I think part of being a Freiburg supporter is that you know that they will p- develop players, and you will also see those players playing uh, other and better teams. So that there's a, there's an extent to which I'm kind of excited to see how his his future unfolds in that respect. Just wait until uh, the buy-in, strength and conditioning coaches, and nutritionists <laughs> get him on the
0: the Goretzka diet, because that is <laughs> going to be that's going to be a sight to behold. Then isn't it? Uh, but yeah, coming to a Champions League near you, I think is essentially the message that, that we've conveyed there. Um, but it's interesting what you say at the end uh, about you know being a Freiburg fan and and accepting that these players are ultimately going to move on and and and, and are going to be sold um, you know, what, what is the, what is the pathway? I mean, we know what the pathway is like from, from Schlotterbeck, but what is historically, you know, who are some of the, the, the alumni that have, that have come through mm. at, um, at, at, Freiburg and I'm not just talking about Papi Cisse, although I would like to dedicate an entire podcast episode to, uh, to his 11 goal stint for Newcastle in 2011, 12, but we'll get off, we'll get away from that before I find myself down a rabbit hole. Um, you know, what is it, what has it been like for under 23 players, you know, using Freiburg as a, as a platform to, to, to. To bigger things but not, necess- not necessarily always better things.
1: Mm. Yeah I've sent you a big list of uh, a lot of the players that have come through the system and I, I was surprised going through the the last few decades of of Freiburg history just to see how many of them there are and they tend to follow um, pathway streams so Freiburg I think are most famous really for developing goalkeepers they have a goalkeeping coach in uh, Andreas Cronenberg who is Recently moved to the German national team as a, as a goalkeeping coach, which I think is an indicator of, of how good he's been. But they've they've got a whole tranche of of good uh, goalkeeping coaches throughout their system, uh, and so players like Oliver Baumann, Roman Berkey, Alexander Schvalov, uh, um, uh, to Berlin at the moment. Zach Stefan is a name that many people will know. He was at Freiburg for a bit. Um, Rafael kikovic as well. Um, so a good tradition of, of, of goalkeepers coming through the system. Um, and good news for, for Schlotterbeck, a good history of, of, of centre-backs development as well. Um, although I suppose some of the names on the list may, may raise some questions, but Omar Toprak, Matthias Ginter, Mark Oliver Kempf uh, at Stuttgart, Chola Shianshu, who's a player that will be familiar to Premier League watchers, as well as Robin Koch, uh, and then Pascal Stenzel as well. And then beyond that, there's there's, there's more... Uh, I guess, attacking players, uh, players like Daniel Caligiuri, Max Kruger, um, Max Philip, Ryan Kent, who people will have seen linked with Leeds, but playing at Rangers. Uh, Luca Waldschmidt, who spent some time in, in Portugal as well. And uh, the the wonderfully named Florian Niederlechner uh, as well has gone through Freiburg as well. And then I guess they're just players that they've got currently are quite exciting as well. Um, so players like Ronan Shaloy, although he's dropped off a little bit recently. Woo Yongjong, um, who's one of my favourites. I wrote a, a, a scouting report for for your Patreon um, that scouted on, on him. He's a player that I love to watch because he's just a little bit out of the out of the box. But they've also got players like Philipp Lienhardt, who they got through the Real Madrid youth system as well. Uh, Yannick Haber, who was quite exciting for a while in or uh, was considered quite exciting for a while in German youth football, but hasn't really kicked on as much. But even players like Niklas Herfler, who I mentioned, who's a very, very much a one-club man, but they developed him through the, the youth system. And, and he's gone on to be just a really solid Bundesliga player. As well, and then I've I've just noted down some of the current players that they have who are uh, coming through the the system. Uh, So players like Yannick Keitel, uh, Kevin Schader, both of whom, uh, as well as Noah Atapolo, I think, who is also a goalkeeper. Uh, They've all been involved in the Germany youth setup in this window. Uh, And another player, Noah Weishaupt, who's an exciting um, sort of uh, uh, all-round player, so can play left back, left wing, plays central midfield, sometimes plays as a forward player as well at times. So um yeah the these, these youngsters uh, are coming through. The um the Freiburg have a have a two team so Freiburg two play in the in the Dritte Liga, so the third division of, of German football. And they sort of float between uh, promotion into that league and then relegation into the Regionalliga, Liga, so the, the the more local leagues. And I think the the fact that they have a, a two team where they have uh, a couple of older players helping out um, is just a really good way of blooding talent. Um, so you get these youngsters playing in in senior football um, from from a very early age as well, which is which is obviously good. And and Christian Strike is just happy to 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 use these players in games. So um, Kevin Shada, I think particularly, is a player who's quite exciting to watch. He's been. Um, Very exciting to watch for for the under-21s team in Germany because um, I think in in Freiburg, he's expected to do a lot of backtracking and man-marking, but he's just a really, really um, explosive um, runner off off and on the ball. Uh, And when he plays for the under-21s, he gets scope to do that so it's been quite fun watching him play for Germany under 21s this season as well but definitely um a a tradition I've given sorry I've just listed off huge amount of names there but I think that only goes towards explaining just how much development is being done by by Freiburg and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that these players expect to have that pathway into a higher level if they perform well Uh, and so there's there's that sort of understanding between players young players in the club that if you perform you, you will be able to make that step up. We won't we won't stop you from 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 moving. We won't charge exorbitant fees for you. Um, and and there is very much a pathway there, which I think, as you'll know, um, working with with the scouted guys, you'll you'll know that 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 is a really important aspect to player development. If if players can't develop at say. Uh, Chelsea, then they will move to a Leeds United, where they feel as though that that pathway is there. So I think for for Freiburg, that's very much there. There, there is that pathway through, um, and there's not going to be anything sort of holding you back in that respect. So um, the result of that is that they have this just this huge litany of uh, of players who've gone through their system.
0: No, I think that's great. I mean, the, it, it, it's an exhaustive list, as you mentioned, but I think it's it's right to to draw attention to it because, you know, there are quite a lot of names. I mean, you will recognise them all pretty much if you, you know, if you follow German football regularly, but even if you kind of just have a passing interest, you will recognise quite a lot of those names. Um, and it's interesting to see where some of those players have, have ended up, you know, in terms of you saying that... Um, Freiburg, you know the, these young players know that Freiburg aren't going to command exorbitant fees. Um, you know, the, I think from the top of my head, you know, the, the Robin Cock deal, the, the Chalossoinchu deal, um, you know, mm-hmm. to, to come to the Premier League where you can command higher fees. You know, they they didn't exactly break the bank, and you know, these were players who were playing regularly for the for the first team and just so happened to be centre halves, just like Nico Schlotterbeck. Um, but you know, even just the other ones like like Ryan Kent, it's it, it's interesting to see the the, the spread um, and. One of the things that I, that I wanted to, to get into just a little bit, just before we finish, is, you know, is this something to do with the geography of Freiburg? You know, you, we've said it's, you know, near the Black Forest. It's it's tucked away in sort of the, the southwest corner of Germany. Is is it is it something to do with the, the geography that, that means it's, you know, Freiburg are very... They know they have to be good when it comes to youth recruitment. They know they have to be very good when it comes to player development because, you know, the... Well, I don't know, I... I, I that's kind of the question for you. Is that <laughs> is is that something where they know they have to be quite adept at?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely something in the geography that, and and I think also maybe in the historical uh, particularities of the way that Freiburgers ended up in the Bundesliga. So they have had those stints out of of the of the Bundesliga in the in the zweite Bundesliga. um and, and I think as a result of that, they've, they've just always been one of those clubs who are a fairly good stepping stone club for, for the area. So geographically, and um, it's tucked away right at the South um, West corner of, of Germany, and it's at the juncture of France and Switzerland as well. And, and one of the things that I've noted is, is that there's been a stream of players who've come from France and ended up in, um, in, in Freiburg. So you, you've, clearly got that market available to you Uh, it's not too far from strasbourg for example um so you have that 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 sort of maybe and and maybe freiburg itself it feels as though it's sort of a, a place between places um it doesn't feel when I've been there like high Germany it doesn't feel like the sorts of places that that you associate necessarily with with Germany is it is very close to a, a sort of uh, the, a wine growing region in France for example when you fly to Freiburg you fly, fly to um, Basel-Mulhaus um, airport so you're not even flying into Germany so it, it it's it's very much a sort of um, geographically interesting location in, in that sense it's also remote you've got you've got Stuttgart nearby um and you've got Augsburg ne- nearby as well and and I noticed um so for example Nico Schlotterbeck who we've been talking about grew up in uh, in a suburb of Stuttgart uh, but again the historical peculiar- peculiarities of, of of German football um I guess when when the Schlotterbecks were coming through Freiburg were technically a bigger club than than Stuttgart at least in terms of their positioning in in the German um hierarchy so um and and obviously Augsburg have, have been a, a club who have sort of been you know, struggling with relegation for a few seasons as well. I wonder how much that just means that because of the 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 smart development of, of an academy um at Freiburg, they've they've managed to pick up a lot of um youth players who are the, the the brightest and the best of that region. Um I I definitely think there's there's something in that. And and yeah, when you when you look at uh, that a lot of the players going through, they do just pick up a huge amount of, of youngsters from from the surrounding areas. Um and yeah if you actually even drill right down and look at the the, the clubs that are around, even some of the Regionalliga teams, some of the, the smaller, lower level local teams, there's there's just not really any clubs around there. So I think that as a as a result of all of this, they managed to have a fairly big catchment area uh, and they've been, I guess, positioned quite well in recent German football history to to be able to command some of the better players even from uh, some of the now Bundesliga clubs that are nearby as well. So I think everything has played into their hands and and with all of that laid on top of the fact that they have such a smart academy system, uh, they're, they're really well placed in that respect.
0: So that was a brief rundown of SC Freiburg in the Bundesliga, currently sitting in third place uh, with players such as um, Nico Schlotterbeck, who we've discussed at length on this podcast. Uh, i just like to say thank you to John for joining me on this one. Um, John, John, where can where can people find you if they would like to discuss Hegel or uh, football or chess or, or analytics FC or or Leeds United or, or Ben White Regens in the Bundesliga?
1: <laughs> yeah, the best place to get me is is Twitter as always. So I'm at John underscore Mackenzie and John has no H and Mackenzie has an A between the M and the C.
0: Great stuff. Well, this has been the Scouted Football Podcast with me, Joe Donoghue. Um Thank you very much for tuning in. Take care. Stay safe. And bye for now. For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.